We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Saturday. It is the weekend. For those of you still fortunate enough to be working, or maybe not so fortunate, it is time to kick back and relax a little bit, and it is the Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am Jason Perrone, along with Mark Eckel and Paul Brettel. It's our trio back together again. Mark, how are we doing on the East Coast? It's good on the except my Skype is other than that. Everything's good. <laughs> That's right. Technology, damn it. Uh, absolutely. And Paul Brettel, Paul Brettel, just a few minutes away from Lambeau Field. How are we looking? Awesome. It's been in the 60s the last few days, and there's this big, bright thing out in the sky, and it's really nice to be outside when it's out as well. Yeah, that thing that thing that melts the snow and makes all yeah. the ground dry finally. Yeah, it makes it warm and you can be outside and it's nice. Oh, it's beautiful. So was today the first day that you heard the the familiar buzz of the uh, other people's lawnmowers going? No, that's been about a week now. All People right. have been more ambitious than I in that regard, right. but How good. close is the Lambo? Uh 12:15. I guess I guess no matter where you live, you're not too far from it. Yeah, everything's 15 minutes away, depending on where you are or where you're going. All right, guys, so our show today is going to be about the undrafted free agent class. So we're a little less than a a full week away from um, the end of the 2020 NFL draft, and there was a class of 15 that were signed by the Packers. We'll talk about some of them briefly, but there's a few we're going to key on because 
Uh, as we are very fortunate to have every week, Mark always has some good insight into, uh, from a scouting perspective, into some of these guys. But before we get into that, there was some news that broke during the day on Friday, which was the Packers signed a free agent defensive lineman. No, it was not Snacks Harrison. For those of you that were hoping that that was going to be the savior to the Packers defensive line, it was actually it was Trayvon Hester. And Mark, I'll start with you. Is there any relation to Devin Hester or do we not know? I don't think so. Um, I think I would have known that by now. Um, he's also like three times the size of Devin Hester. Yeah, so yeah. It's his very, very, very big cousin. Um, Hester's not a bad player that the Packers are looking for. He has bounced a classic journeyman at this point. This the, the Packers, if he makes the team, but it'll be his fourth team in four years. He came up with the Raiders, uh, played there in 27, went to the Eagles in 2018 and played for the Redskins last year. So he's been around the league. They don't need a guy to get back, but they, they could use a, a good run stuffer, right? Right, no, absolutely. So at least it's some uh, a big body up front. I don't know, Paul, Any any anything to add on Hester? Yeah, I mean, it's a good addition. You know, he's a, been a rotational player, but they need to add someone to the mix. Last year, the Packers gave up 120 rushing yards per game, which ranked 23rd, and that number is a little bit skewed to the lower side. Most of the year, they were ranked between 25th and 28th, and of course, we all remember the NFC Championship game. Um, so by no means should we have the expectations that he's going to step in next to Clark and be the game changer, but he's another big body rotational player to add to the mix, and he is the player for when he was with Philadelphia who tipped Cody Parkey's kick in the playoffs. So he may not be a well-known name right now, Packer fans, but I can I imagine he's going to be a fan favorite pretty quickly just based on that alone. Can we break out again the Spanish uh, audio of that play where, where the, the guy just went nuts? That's when, my when, buddy. Yeah. Ricardo. <laughs> Yeah, I know Ricky very well. No senor. Yeah, no senor. Parky Fayo. Parky Fayo. So, uh, all right. So let's get to this list of undrafted free agents. I know there's only a couple that we really want to key on, but I do have to say uh, this is interesting, too. Paul and I were chatting a little bit before the show, and, and uh, Mark, you probably noticed as well. Whoever is responsible for scouting Prairie View A&M definitely made the most of that trip because the Packers signed two guys – from their from their roster, so quarterback Jalen Morton and fullback Jordan Jones. The one thing I'll say about Morton is he seems to have decent size. He runs a lot. I I don't know that uh, you know there's much more that I can add about him. And then as far as Jones, of course, the Packers have to try out a fullback there. He actually transferred from inside the conference. He was at Alabama State, so he was a second team All SWAC in 2017. Mark, what do we know about these two guys? Not a thing. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know I really don't. I don't know anything about. But if, as you started, if if you have a guy go to Prairie View to scout, you better sign some guys for him. If, if you're going to make a guy go all the way to you, yeah. the players, hey, what the heck, sign a couple. Listen, most of the – what they signed? 15, 16? 15 now, guys. 15. Most of these guys are camp body. You bring guys to camp because you need guys in camp. But Aaron Rodgers, every snap, a quarterback. Kenny Clark isn't going to be taking a lot of snaps on the, on the defensive line. You, that's not what camp's for. Camp's for young guys, and you need guys to go against other guys. So most of these guys will be camp bodies will be cut before we even know any, much about them. But there's always one or two that will stand out and make the team. And the Packers, more than most teams, have done very well, you know, signing, recruiting, signing, and then developing some undrafted free agents. Paul, you do have a list there of guys a few years that have done pretty well. 
Yeah, uh, Raven Green, Tyler Lancaster, going back a little further, John Kuhn, Sam Shields, Tremont Williams, Cullen Jenkins. There's a lot of contributors that the Packers find. And last year was uh, Darius Shepard. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent who came in. Didn't produce as we had hoped based on what we had seen in the preseason. But, you know, you never know. There's always those diamonds in the rough, and the Packers could have one within these 15. And a couple of them might make the practice squad as well. If, if right. they don't make the 53-man roster, they might find themselves, again, if they have it, they have these guys have to really, from my experience, the Eagles were the same way. The Eagles always had a guy or two, and I, 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 that was one of the things I tried to do early in camp was to find the guy that was going to be that surprise to a story about him. And one of them that jumps out of my mind was Hollis Thomas, who was an undrafted free agent. He wound up starting and becoming a, like a 10-year player in the league, did pretty well. Um, another was Artis Hicks, um, an offensive lineman who started in, in the Super Bowl for Eagles, not the one they won, but the one that they lost back in 2005. Um so there's always somebody. Like I started to say, have, these guys really have to. First-round pick is making it. He could have the worst camp of any player in, the, in camp. But he's making a team because they picked him in the first round and they're not cutting their first-round picks. And probably, for the most part, a second and third round pick as well. But these guys have to, they have to, you know, if they're a, they're a cornerback, they can join practice or, or, or break up some. They have to do a defensive lineman has to get a sack or, you know, get some pressure. Wide receivers, not just catches, but some tough catches. They have to do stuff to open up the eyes of their, their position coach first and then eventually. And then that's how, you know, then, and then you put them in the, in, in the preseason games, and if they do well there, that's even more of a Yeah, that's usually what we see every year. At least it seemed like about 10 years ago, once a year, there was like a camp darling that would come out and, and catch the attention of everybody. But, again, those guys don't always – Stick. Does he, do either of you guys remember the summer of uh, Tory Gurley and DeAndre Burrell? I mean, we all thought those two were definitely going to make the roster, and, and Gurley seemed like he was headed for the Packers Hall of Fame, and neither of them, neither of them made the roster, and neither of them ended up having an NFL career either. Yeah, so. and a lot of it, too, is just it comes down to what's the depth that the Packers have you know, on the roster currently. Like, we can look at some of these um, names that they brought in, like Patrick Taylor at Memphis, the running back. Um, you know, I liked his game. He fared well in the run game. He showed they can uh, participate and be a factor in the passing game as well. But if we look at the Packers roster, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, Tyler Irvin, they're already kind of maxed out there. Same thing, you know, looking at the quarterback that they signed, they have Rodgers and Jordan Love. Um, you know, if they keep a third, can he beat out Tim Boyle? You know, who knows there. But it's one position in particular where I think someone could make some noise is cornerback. Just because, to me, there's a lot up in the air right now. We know Jair's there and Kevin King. Chandon Sullivan, it looks like, will take over as the nickel corner. But then after that, Josh Jackson hasn't seen the field a ton. Um, Kadar Holman, he popped in the preseason last year, but still he's a year two guy, six-round pick. What do we know there? So, like, that's a position where I could see, um, you know, Stanford Samuels or one of the other guys that they added making some noise more so just because of how the roster shakes out, which is a big part of this uh, for these guys. Well, you talk about the quarterback battle, Paul, as if Tim Boyle is either going to be Jordan Love or Tim Boyle, but, you know, our our godfather of the Pack-A-Day podcast, Andy Herman, uh, you know, if he has anything to say about it, all three of those guys are going to be on the roster. I mean, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, obviously. So let's talk about a, a guy. I'm going to selfishly move this conversation onto a guy that I think, Mark, was on your list of, of guys that tested well, and only because I want to practice saying his name. So this guy's got an interesting um, story here because he's from the University of Montreal. It's cornerback Mark Antoine Decoy. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, right? Um, he's He's got a, a fast 40 time, although 
it didn't come from the combine. Uh, he, he had 11 picks in his career. So what do we know about him? What are they saying about the corner out of Montreal? For what I, I'm, let me back up for a second. I want to talk about the corner, Sanford Samuel, and Paul mentioned. Most of the people that I talked to and any, some of the guides that you looked at, everyone had him getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Everyone oh, why something must have happened. Uh, some had him as high as the fourth round. Oh, wow. Getting drafted. Yeah, I mean, he was he had a high grade. He, he comes from a school that has produced quite a share of cornerbacks. Sure. Florida State, yeah. known for, for their good corners. Hey, Mark, no. I don't mean to interrupt. It was his, yeah. 40, his 40 time at the Combine was 4.65. Yeah. yeah, well, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. But that's one. And, and, and there was no pro day to make up for it. Right? Yep. So that's what did it. 6.5. But still, it's worth a shot. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that was a bad day at the Combine. It happened. Um, he played well enough in, in college that people thought he was. I mean, that's what, that's what happened to Bobby Taylor way back. You guys were probably, but. Uh, Bobby, that was the early 2000s, sure. 95, 1995. Oh, 90s, yeah. 1995. He was considered the top corner in the country when the season ended. And, um, you know, he was the, the number one ranked corner. He went to the combine, didn't have a good combine, fell to the second round where Eagles took him. He was, like, I believe, the fifth or sixth corner taken and actually wound up being the best corner in the draft. He was mm-hmm. better than the guys all, all ahead of him. Um, he and I talked about that for, for years and, it, you know, he kept, he, you know, he was well aware of the guys that, that went ahead of him in that draft. Uh, <laughs> well, what's interesting about him, well, the interesting thing about Samuels, all ACC in 2019. So Mark, that would lend to what you yeah. heard, which was you would, you would assume a guy like that would get drafted. Right. And again, but it's the, but again, these people, sometimes these general managers and scouts, they, they put too much into a, you know, 40 time at the combine. That's obviously why he fell out. I guess there's more to it too, but it's, it's, as an undrafted, he's certainly worth bringing to camp and seeing what he can do. Um, if he had that kind of grade on him, and, and like you said, all ACCC had some pretty good corners too. But he comes from a good. He comes from a great program. I don't know, Paul. Have you watched any actual tape on Samuels? Yeah, I have. He was. Uh, I. Um, I liked him before the draft, and so of this group that was brought in, uh, he's he's my favorite, and I think that he could find a spot on this Packers roster. I mentioned the kind of you know the up and airness of if that's even a phrase of the cornerback position once you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth guys on the roster. But he's a physical player, and I think in uh, that press man that Mike Pettin likes to play, he could find success there with the skill set that he has. Now with the speed. Um, you know, that was a slower 40 time than what I would have ever guessed sure. from him that translated from the tape. But I think when press man, if um, give him a little help over the top just in case, I think there can be some niche snaps for him where he could find a role in this defense. So definitely a name to keep your eyes on. So that's no, the, that, Well, that's the key, right, is what they're going to ask him to do. I mean, if he ends up being Ladarius Gunter, but he's your you know fifth corner, that's fine. You don't want him starting in the NFC Championship. That would be correct. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, that's what, and that's what we're talking about. These guys are not coming in to, to win a starting job. They're, they're coming in that, that fifth corner spot or the fourth safety spot or the, you know, the, the sixth wide receiver spot or the ninth offensive line. I mean, that's what, you're, that's what you're trying to do. And then once they get that spot, they move up that. But back to you, the guy that you – and say his name again because I know you – Oh, it's Mark Antoine DeCoy. I mean, I, I, yeah. I hope I'm saying it right. But University of Montreal, so this is interesting because we don't normally see a lot of guys that come from Canada. So, I mean, do you, do you have anything on him, Mark? Yeah, from what I'm told, he was also considered very draftable. Not you know not as high as Samuel. Some people had him going late seventh, you know, in in that range. Uh, key thing that people told me about him is at worst he's going to be a very good special. The Packers, as always, could use help on special mm-hmm. teams if he shows enough in in that area. What do we know about what do we know about the Canadian, Mr. Brettel? Um, I mean, just given his you know the like you said the the 40 time and his three cone time, they didn't happen at the combine. 
Um, you know, I assume it was similar to their, you know, version of a pro day, pro day but a 4-3-6-40, cone drill, which would have been the best out of any of the corners at the combine. The 40-yard dash would have been second. And then his size, I'm seeing here, 6'3", 195. I mean, just given the measurables and the athleticism, an undrafted guy, why not take a swing and just see what happens just based on that alone? Yeah, he had 11 well, I was going to say he had 11 picks in his collegiate career, so you know, I mean, at least he 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 can find the football. But with that size, and to what I was told, that be a good specialty. If you have if you're running for, you know, that's a good gunner right there, right? That's mm-hmm. that's, that's Kev Kev Canis gunner like. Yeah, and if they, and if and if it's a special teamer, I mean, honestly, this you know, if they keep seven corners. We were talking before uh, you came on, Mark, about how many corners, how many safeties are they going to go with this year? If you're the seventh corner on the depth chart, then. The assumption is is that you're probably going to play, you know, ninety at least ninety percent of your snaps on special teams, and yeah, you you need those guys. You know, those are hidden needs that you've got, and if you don't want to put a starter at risk, then you know you've got to have guys at the bottom of the roster that can contribute like that. So I was just looking at the list here, and obviously it's it's heavier on defense than it is on offense because the the draft itself was a, a, a heavier offensive draft, but if we stay on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, another guy that I think we liked was the outside linebacker. Now, again, these are the positions they played in college. I don't know if they're going to translate to that in the pros, but uh, outside linebacker and Paul, I might need some help from you. You might have known this one. Was it is it Tipa Galea? Am I saying that correctly? That's how I would go with it, but don't mark my words if that's correct or not. <laughs> Tipa Galea out of Utah State. So he transferred from TCU. He had ten and a half sacks in 2018. That's not a bad number. And then I think he he in 24 games he racked up 20 sacks. So again, it's Utah State. So this is a um, this is a teammate of first round pick Jordan Love. So they know each other a little bit. But Mark, you've got uh, some good notes on this guy, right? He he kind of made the the better better yeah. than average list. Yeah, he he was one of the top four guys of, of the the fifteen that the, the Packers signed. Um, he's he's an edge guy. He's a pass rusher. He's the kind of guy. I, if he makes the team, it's because he had a sensational camp in preseason and beat out some guys, but. He's a guy you might want to develop the practice squads for, right? Want to practice squad for, for see what happens. Um, the fact that he went to Utah State wasn't hurt. You want Jordan Love to have some friends on the team, maybe, right? He might yeah. need all the friends he can get because he doesn't <laughs> have a whole lot of media. Uh, you know, Aaron might not treat. We'll see how that works out with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. At least Jordan has a guy that he hang hang out with. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, so it's you know it's another. Another decent prospect to take a chance on again outside linebacker. I mean, they lost Kyler Fackrell, so it's you know I'm I'm not saying that this guy's going to end up being better than Kyler Fackrell, but you you got to take a swing on somebody, right, Paul? I think that was your point. Some of these are you know just take a swing and see what you get. Yeah, I mean he went to Utah State, but he's got the big school pedigree going to TCU in the Big Twelve, and he's shown that he can play with his hand in the dirt or drop into coverage, which. Um, you know, that was kind of Kyler Fackrell's role here for a few years. So once again, not saying he's going to make the 53 and fill that role immediately, but uh, you know what, that versatility, once again, worth taking a swing on. Yeah, for sure. So, Mark, your uh, your leader over at Packer Report probably loves this guy out of North Dakota <laughs> State University. That would be Ross Uglum. That's guard Zach Johnson. He was both a tackle and a guard, two-time All-American. You got to you can't hate that. I mean, and, and you're playing against a good high level of competition. So, what do we have on on the guard? And is he gonna would would he be any idea if he would come over as a guard? Or is there any chance he becomes a kind of a Swiss Army knife on the offensive line? 
I think that's what that's what they like about him. Is if you're going to be a backup lineman in this league, it helps to be able to do more than one thing. Versus uh, Lucas Patrick is a prime example of that. Another un- undrafted. Yep. Yep. He resigned him. He's a guard, and it's good. If you can play guard and tackle, not bad. And again, I would think they'll probably look at him at tackle first home because they have a lot of guards. They have Turner and, and Jenkins as their starters. They have Patrick who can play guard as a backup. They draft two guards. One of them's hurt, though. This kid from Oregon's not going to be able to play probably for a while. I would think it starts the year on, on, on Pup there. Yeah. Uh, but that Runyon was a tackle. All indications are he'd be a guard. Um, so I, I think they look so probably give him more reps at right tackle, but also know that he could play right guard as well. Well, and again, I think maybe he's he's one of those guys that maybe the Packers hope they can stash on the practice squad, and then you've yep. got then you've got a guy that you can call up mid season if you end up needing more depth. You know, Paul, any thoughts? Yeah, I think his ability to play tackle is a huge reason why they brought him in. Um, as Mark mentioned, they have a lot of interior linemen on the roster. And Friday for Cheesehead, I did a breakdown of just the offensive line in general. And I believe they have 17 offensive linemen on the roster. And more than half of them are interior guys. You know, after Bakhtiari and Wagner, if we look at backup options, there's Josh Nijman. You know, he has the physical athletic traits that you like, but still very raw. Um, Alex Light, John LeGlue. Um, I mean, after that, there's just a lot. There's not. We don't have a lot of backup tackle options. Um, I shouldn't say that. A lot of backup tackle options that are well known. You know, there's right. just a lot up in the air with them. So anytime you can add someone else to the mix, um, add the extra competition just to see what you get. And NDSU is an FCS school, but that place is a powerhouse. They yeah. turn out players. You yeah, know, so this isn't the you know typical small school guy. So. Um, once again, worth bringing in just to have that added depth and see where it takes you. Well, Mark, I know, I know, I was going to say, Mark, Mark. Well, yeah, I was going to say you're familiar with a guy that came out of NDSU that ended up playing for a team that you were very close to at one time. Yeah, and he was the second pick in a draft, if my memory serves me correctly. So yeah, now, North Dakota State, like like Paul said, they they're FCS, but I think I'm a big game Madison that my daughter went. They beat, you know, they they seem to r- r- run into each other in the playoffs all the time. And James Madison, I know, can beat some Division one schools. Mm-hmm. North Dakota is better than them. North Dakota State, they would hold their own in a lot of smaller conferences. No doubt about, about, about that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's a good program, and, and he's got some good things on his resume that could potentially get him, uh, get him a look in camp. And while we're talking about tackle and fortifying the position there, Paul, there's another name on this list out of Texas Tech. That's Travis Bruffy. I don't think he's one that – it's interesting. He wasn't on your list, Mark, but three-time no. time, three All-Big 12 and a team captain. So I don't, I don't mind the Packers taking a swing here on a guy like that, even if he doesn't necessarily stand out in terms of, of his grade. Yeah, and no, I agree. He's, and the size, too, he's 6'6", 305 pounds, so he's got to bulk up a little bit. But playing in the Big 12 Conference, when you can get those kind of um, accolades, and then as I mentioned, with looking for some you know decent backup tackles to have potentially or to have on the roster, um, you know just another guy. Once again, I keep using the same phrase: take a swing on, because that's what this is. And what they're looking for is the physical traits, and then the you know the athleticism and stuff like that that stands out. Where we know the refinement needed, but you see those little glimmers of okay, we have something to work with. Here. Yeah, Big 12 offensive linemen have done. I mean, that's that's not a. I like Big 12 offensive linemen, Big 12 defense. They play a lot more offense in the Big 12 than they do defense. <laughs> that's true. So one of the big picks made in the draft was second round running back AJ Dillon, and there were some eyes, eyebrows that were raised because the Packers took a running back early on. 
to add into the mix. So you still have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Dexter Williams is still on the roster. You throw in Josiah DeGuara, who's apparently going to take over that H-back position, right? So if you throw him in the depth chart there. And now you've got a running back, Patrick Taylor, out of Memphis, who's another camp body. And this is another one that, to me, he's a versatile back. He seems like he's got good size. He can catch the football. He seems like the perfect candidate to stash on the practice squad again, if he can. I mean, I don't imagine him cracking the roster. But then you've got a little bit of insurance if one of those running backs gets hurt. Mark, remind me. Taylor wasn't on your top list, right? I just, I just had, I just went with the top four. He might, I, I didn't go. Um, but no, he's a guy that again, I, I couldn't have more. He's a guy, unless there's a crazy injuries, and God forbid we don't want that. Yeah, he's not making it. I mean, they, the, the running back position is kind of set. I think with uh, Jones, Williams, Dylan, Irvin, who's going to make the team's your your return guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the, I think the Dexter Williams is out of trouble to be honest. Um, so yeah, this kid's not. But again, and you want, I, I, if, I, I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Packers every year, and not just the Packers, almost every team keeps at least one running back on the practice line. Because mm-hmm. that's, and his job will be to, to wear, you know, he'll be Dalvin Cook in practice when they're playing the Vikings. He'll be, um, you know, whoever you're playing in that, that week, he'll, he'll wear that jersey of that other team's running back. And you need that. That's what practice squad's for, to present, you know, scout team looks for the, for the number one defense or number one offense, depending on what, what you play. So you need running backs on your practice squad. And, you know, you do well in practice, you never know. Nobody gets hurt. The kid got called up last game when uh, Jamal Williams was his, yep. um, his name? I can't think of his name now, but Carson or Trey Carson. Yeah, Trey Carson, yep. So, I mean, yeah, there's always that chance. Um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. This kid makes, again, he has to show something in camp and, and preseason games, but um, he could very easily have find himself on, on the Packer practice squad next year. Yeah, and a I bad think... Job. Right, no, it's not. It's interesting when you when you, you figure these guys have to pick which time. You know, if there's only one team that wants to sign them to a practice squad, then they'll, of course they're going to take it. But how do you sell coming to Green Bay as a as an undrafted free agent when you know that there's not a great chance that you're going to crack the roster, but you could, I guess, stick on a, on the on the practice squad? Paul, uh, anything from the running back out of Memphis? I mean, he has the skill set that fits today's NFL. He averaged. 5.4 yards per carry at Memphis, had 2,000-yard seasons, also caught 55 passes. So, you know, today's NFL, you want running backs that can do both, a la Aaron Jones. So, um, you know, once again, just another depth piece in a camp body, and we'll see where, you know, what he can do and where it takes him. Sure. Well, what, the way I would say, okay, yeah, at the Packer roster, you're not going to, you're not probably not going to make it this year, but three of our four running backs are on the final year of their contract. Mm-hmm. So, Show us what you got. Maybe we don't have to sign Jamal here. Maybe we don't bring, you know, somebody else back. You know, we can, you know, that's something to look at. You don't just look at this year when you're looking to sign with it. You kind of look down the road what your options are. Maybe be on a practice squad for a year. Next year you're on the team maybe. If, again, you have to perform. You have to open the eyes of the coaching of, of your position coach and then eventually you're the uh, head coach. Well, right, and that's a good reminder, too, that the draft and these players are not all necessarily brought in with just 2020 in mind. There's, there's future no. years, and again, these are undrafted free agents for a reason. It's not like these are your answers, but some of them could end up being. You know, we listed some of those guys, Paul, earlier you mentioned a bunch that have contributed to the team over the past decade, decade and a half that came as undrafted free agents, so you just never know where you're going to find a hidden talent from, and so... We've got about half the list left. I was just going to go through the names and let you guys kind of pick whichever your favorites are you want to talk about. So I'll just list them off real quickly. So you've got wide receiver Daryl Stewart out of Michigan State, cornerback Will Sunderland from Troy, safety Henry Black out of Baylor, safety Frankie Griffin from Texas State, defensive lineman Willington Previllon from Rutgers, 
linebacker Chris Barnes out of UCLA, and outside linebacker Delonte Scott from SMU. So, Mark, any of those guys stand out to you? You got a couple of big schools there. You got a guy from UCLA. You got a Rutgers guy. You got a Baylor's guy. Yeah, again, to be honest, um, uh, you know, and you never know. I mean, I probably wouldn't have Shepard team last year, and he, and he did. So, but I mean, I don't think any of those. I think most of those guys. Are, but we'll see. Paul, you probably know more about them than I do. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's anyone. Obviously, we never know about. There's no one that really pops on that list. Like I said, uh, Stanford Samuels is the guy that I really like and think does have a you know a shot. You know, more so than the rest of this group. But Daryl Stewart, the wide receiver out of Michigan oh, State, cool. uh, he took 80 percent or roughly 80 percent of his uh, snaps out of the slot. Packers don't have a true slot receiver. Um, on the roster and you know as we've seen in Lafleur or Shanahan's offense you don't necessarily you don't need a Randall Cobb in here to make things go but someone just to keep your eyes on just because it is a bit of a different skill set than what they have with their typical big bodies you know the MVS EQs um, Funchess Lazard all that so just a name to watch yeah and I just you know again the 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 pedigree of some of these guys you know you just never know you got you know Barnes out of UCLA he was an all-pac 12 in 2019 it doesn't you know, he didn't get drafted, so that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. And then a couple of safeties that could, you know, potentially push for a spot. I mean, again, I think a lot of these guys are going to round out the practice squad, which is something that, that becomes important, obviously, as you navigate through the training camp and, and everything else that's going on. So uh, that'll pretty much do it for the undrafted free agent class. And we even had a we even had a signing to talk about. We got to break a little bit of news, although it was broken several hours ago. We're recording this on Friday for Saturday. So again, not there will be no snacks. Uh, I guess you know. Remember when when you were in school and they would say there will be no snacks this season. So I mean, you know. What could he be if he's still out there? Nobody is. Right? Well, I mean, well, does he want to? Does he want to play? Because didn't he say he was going to retire? I didn't hear that. But no one is. I mean, the guy that was had a pretty big name a couple of years ago would be cut, and then nobody, nobody, and I haven't even heard rumors. So there's something could be up there. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a not a lot, but there's a few guys that Packer fans are excited about. Uh, you know, snacks, Taylor Gabriel. But, I mean, look at where we are in the offseason. Free agency is over a month old or after the draft. If they do bring in one of those guys, expectations need to be, you know, low. They're still out there for a reason. Um, you know, they can find some niche and contributor spots for them. But I don't think anyone out there is going to be a game changer at this point. Right. No, absolutely not. So that will round it out for this edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We will be, our trio will be back again next Saturday. Be excited to see what we're discussing then and uh, what kind of transpirations happen over the next week. I'm not expecting a whole lot to happen, but Mark, we'll, we'll, we'll let you. Them, well, we talk about them uh, Snacks Harrison signing next Friday. Yeah, probably. <laughs> there we go. That or Tremont or something. Something that everybody, of course, gets completely used to because it gets drilled into our heads over and over again on social media and from every other speculation source possible. So. All right, everybody. Well, as always, it's been a blast. You can find Paul's great work over at Cheesehead TV and Dairyland Express. Mark does all of his fantastic work over at Packer Report. And I just show up here every week and get to talk to those to those two guys who carry me along. So uh, that'll do it for this week. Guys, we'll see you a week from now. And as always, go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.